You're muted. Ah, we are live. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your co-host, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. What I was saying was, Joe, early signing day. Not maybe as crazy as we thought it would be. Still yeah. pretty electric. I see we were just talking about this like right before we went live. You're not a huge fan of National Signing Day. I like it because it reminds me of like a it obviously is the light version of the NFL draft. Now, the procedures are a lot different, but I spent a lot of time tracking these guys and reading up on a lot of these recruits. I'm not a recruiting analyst per se as as big, uh, big into it as some are, but it's cool seeing how things come to fruition. But you hit the nail on the head there. Not not as crazy as last year. No, there's no Peyton Bowen going on. We thought that maybe DJ Lagway could could get pulled away from Florida or some of these other. Jeremiah Smith was another one who came in a little bit late, but it ends up mm-hmm. being as we anticipated. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these classes looked the way that they thought that we uh, that we thought that they would. Uh, I I don't hate or I don't hate signing day. You know what I hate with what I was tra- probably should have. Uh, said it better i hate having to cover it you know because fair you know when you so for example like obviously people know now i I cover lsu on a daily basis joe they signed 27 dudes okay and it was ba-boom 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 i was just like jesus i'm just gonna start (laughs) retweeting this stuff i'm not i I, dog by by lunchtime which they only had like one after lunch anyway i just had enough but look we're going to talk about it, Joe. We're going to talk about our two biggest winners, our two biggest losers uh, from early signing day. There is clearly time to make things up, either through high school recruiting to some extent or in the transfer portal. But, man, nobody, nobody had a worse day than Florida did today. Yeah, look, I know that Florida fans, look, they don't like us, so I don't really care. I'm just going to say it. They, they are apologists for when things don't go their way. And I think there's going to be a lot of that happening today and the rest of this week. But the amount of guys, the amount of top recruits that flipped and then the inkling of possibility that LJ McCray and DJ Lagway almost flipped their commitments, it's not a good sign. They fell. They were in the top five, even higher than that, over the summer for most of the season. And it was just a slow burn, slow burn. And then a bunch of guys dipped out today. They finished 15th on 247 Sports. You can use those rankings if you want to. If you want to say that they don't matter, it's still a metric of understanding of where they finished. And for them to fall that far after they had a top five class, it's a freaking problem, Billy. No, 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 no. They had a top three class a month ago. Joe, they lost eight guys today. Now, they picked some guys up, all right? Like, I'm not just saying, you know, they – they picked up a safety, I saw a 6'4", 200-pound safety, but they lost uh, a five-star DB, multiple defensive linemen, linebacker in there. I, I mean, Wardell Mack flipped a couple of months, about a month ago, so to Texas. So, yeah. look, man, I, I mean, I don't know what you want me to say other than, okay, other than the bottom line returns, they just did not have a good day. But you know who did have a great day? Well, a couple teams did, but who are you going to say? Look, I, I can't not say Georgia. How about the Oregon Ducks? Yeah, they cleaned up. The, well, flipping a receiver from USC. What they're dude, Dan Lanning is recruiting 
like he's in the SEC in the Big mm. Ten because they're not in the. I'm not gonna. He, they're not in the Pac-12 anymore. They're in no. the Big Ten. Okay, he's recruiting his team like an SEC team, and he's killing the state of California right now. He's cleaning up. I'm gonna repeat this later. Exactly what you just said. What makes Oregon successful is their ability to pull players from from California, from the Los Angeles, Orange County area. It is a hotbed for recruiting. And when USC has been down is when they haven't done a good job of recruiting that region and they've gotten their asses kicked by Oregon. It's it, Oregon is a national brand and they're always going to do a good job of getting guys from different parts of the country. But to have that ability to hone in on California because, look, there's no recruits in the state of Oregon, not really a lot in the state of Washington and the surrounding area. But if you dive deep on California and you get those guys to come relatively nearby, that is your pipeline state for building a successful program. And they're going to keep killing it. This is just the last year was the precursor. And here is another year where they took a step forward, which is even crazier to say right now. Right. And, and look, we're, we're going to dive deep into this. It's going to be our main topic. We'll talk about, I mean, probably about six teams. I thought Auburn had a really good day, you know, yep. as well. And I know that you'll bring them up. Uh, in yours, but we'll 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 talk about that. Also, uh, if we have time, we'll get to Jim Harbaugh. The notice of allegations uh, going around to Michigan is he going to the Chargers? It was reported today, and not by college people. This coming from the NFL people that there's interest in Harbaugh to the Chargers. We'll discuss that. And Joe, since it's the holiday season, we'll be kind of hit and miss here through the holiday season uh, for shows or live shows, but. We are going to make our picks here tonight in reference to who we believe is going to win the playoff games, and we're going to give you our, our the two teams that we think are going to play in the playoff. Yeah, I'm sure that there won't be uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Any Disagreement? Tension? Yeah, disagreement's a much nicer word. But, yeah, let's hope that there's no tension. I'm sure that that won't happen. I don't think there, there will be much tension. On one game, I think that we – Side on both ways. But look, yeah. on both of these, if Michigan won, I, I'm just going to be real with you. It would not surprise me. Like, I, Well, I said this when um, Salih was on that I really think that this is one of the few years where anybody can win any of these four matchups. Last year coming into the games, we said, oh, Michigan's going to smoke TCU and oh, Georgia's going to beat the hell out of Ohio State. That didn't play out like that. But then when the national championship came around, the general public was saying Georgia was going to kill TCU. I, I don't have that this year. This feels like a very evenly balanced college football playoff that it could go in any direction, which is why the sport's so great this season. Very much, very much true. Uh, Cody McGee gives us a $999 super chat. Thank you so much, Cody, Thank for you, Cody. sending that in. He says, what does Lane Kiffin's contract extension mean for the rest of the SEC? Joe, any thoughts on who Notre Dame is going to go for the OC since uh, Troy hired your OC? Uh, on the last part, Cody, we talked about that yeah. um, on our last episode. We clipped it. You can check it out. But any update on the OC at Notre Dame? It, it sounds like Kirby Moore, the Missouri offensive coordinator, is going to be the most highly sought after for that. But what I said, it, it is in line with most of the candidates they're probably going to be looking for an SEC name. And I, I think that Charlie Weiss Jr. could be on the table. I don't have any sourcing on that part, but uh, I feel like Kirby Moore could end up being at pick. Todd Light from Toledo is another name that was brought up last time, who's the head coach at Toledo. 
They were really, really productive. One of the best teams in the MAC. They made it to the MAC championship game. So he's another uh, another name to pay attention to there. Miami, uh, look, Miami just got another one. Okay, uh, Marley Cook just committed. Um, the Middle Tennessee defensive line transfer has committed to Miami, dude. Let me just say huh? something. If they can figure it out out there in Miami, coaching wise, dude, they got the dudes, Joe. They got dudes, man. I'm telling you. They got to figure out that quarterback position. That's the problem right now. They just don't have a guy. Well, I'm Cam, dude, Cam Ward's still hanging around Florida, yeah. like the Florida region. Dude, if they get Cam Ward, they, <laughs> I don't know if I don't, I'm not going to say that. We're way too far away, but <laughs> that Florida State Miami game is back to the relevance that we wanted to be at. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, especially. Because the two teams right now that are fighting for Cam Ward, it sounds like, are Florida State and Miami. So I think that, that that game will be pretty tense. Yeah, and I think DJU goes to either one of them if they don't get – I mean, DJU took a, you know, a, a visit to Florida yeah. State. We'll, we'll, when they commit, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Right. All right, lots to discuss. We have no time to waste. So, Joe, let's do this. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. What did we say? Hold on, what? Hmm? I, I don't – uh, it, this Jeremiah Smith thing is weird and confusing. I I think that the last thing that I read was that he is coming in his NLI came in. I look, I agree with you, Alex. Uh, Alex is I I've been completely confused by it too because I was listening to the two four seven stream the whole day, and they're like, well, he was he was signed, and there was that whole reaction video with Day, and then they were talking about it like, oh, his paperwork hasn't come in, and I had a little bit of a Peyton Bowen type situation. I think he's signed. That's what it sounds like. Let's hope this isn't Peyton Bowen. Get ready. <laughs> Here comes old Nicky. You think he goes to Bama? I, I think it's Auburn. Auburn's the, Auburn's the rumor. It Now listen, if he goes to Auburn, that receiving cord that they just hauled in, Oh my God! It's bon it's bonkers, dude. They they could be really good in two years. <laughs> All right, don't be messing with old Hugh. Mm -hmm. All right, we got a lot to discuss. Let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. Do us a favor, hit the like and share. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, watching us, listening to us, like, subscribe, notification bell, and wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Be back in just a minute. We got a lot to discuss. Early signing day. We break that down next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! Gotta give it to Sark, man. Another top five class. Great class. So Texas is continuing to roll in the recruiting realm. Hats off to Sark for doing just that. Joe, early sign. Or hold on, hold on. Let me give you a better answer when you clip this video. 
<clears throat> Early signing day today. A lot of teams either are really happy, Joe, with the team, with the guys and the players and the recruits that they brought in, or <laughs> you are a fan base that's really mad. You can't see the forest through the trees. You had a really bad day. You had some big-time guys flip. But, Joe, we're going to take a little different angle here. We're going to talk about some winners. We're going to talk about some losers. Let's start off with the winners first, okay? I'm going to start here, and I know this is going to be a chalky pick on on one of my two winners here. I cannot go without saying what Georgia did today in recruiting. Dude, it's it's what makes them elite. They're the number one class in the country for a reason. Dude, did you see the stat today of their offensive line haul that they got? Multiple dudes, 6'8", 6'6", 300-plus pounds. They got a massive O-line. They recruited well on the defensive line. And you know what? I tweeted this at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time this morning on the Rafino and Joe Twitter account. I gave the gif of Kirby and I said, Mary Flipmas, because they flipped KJ Bolden. We talked about the guys over there, Buford, obviously, Rayola goes to Nebraska, but they flip KJ from Florida State. He goes to Georgia. Joe, this class is just insane. They're cleaning up along the lines of scrimmage. They got good skill pieces, good corners. Dude, they got a five star corner, a five star safety. That's why they are one of the top teams and will continue to be one of the top teams. I know that it's chalky, but you just can't look at what Georgia did, one of the better classes mm. that we've ever seen, and say to yourself, hey, man, that I just, we got to talk about them and how much success that they had. This is exactly why we said about Georgia to not panic and why it's different to the situation of some of these other schools that are having a lot of guys hopping in the portal it doesn't affect Georgia when a couple of guys that were former five stars, former high four stars enter because the current crop that's coming in in every single year, they recruit at all of these positions at a very high level. They recruit linebacker really well. They got two five-star linebackers. They recruit the secondary really well, defensive line really well. But I'm really impressed this year that no one is going to even come close to the offensive line hall that they had. I can't even think of another year in which somebody produced this good of an offensive line grouping in a recruiting class. They basically put together a full starting offensive line that could start in two years altogether as one. Bama did it in 2018 or 2017. They had like like five of the top seven offensive linemen. I mean, but again, you know who was there for that and has seen this before? Kirby. Exactly. Right. There's there, this year. There weren't a lot of five star tackles or guards or anything. So the guys that they pulled, they just got the biggest mammoths that they could find to clear a lot of space for the run game, the passing game. Plainly put, there's a reason why they were able to win national championships with a guy that was a walk on. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not. That's not shade at Stetson Bennett. All I'm trying to say is that the way that they build this roster with the depth that they have, the five stars they keep bringing in, anyone can play quarterback for them, and they can still continue to find ways to win. I'm not going to say that. I will digress and give you 2021, right? Because, I mean, he comes in for uh, JT Daniels. Remember, JT Daniels started that Clemson game that year. 
In yep. comes Stetson Bennett. They win their national title, beating Alabama in the national title game. And then last year, beating TCU, I thought down the stretch, Stetson Bennett made some really big throws, like against Ohio State. And then, obviously, we remember what he did to TCU. But look, man, it just, like, like you mentioned, uh, Kirby stayed the longest with Nick. He was the longest tenured assistant that's now a head coach with Nick. And he's picking up exactly where Nick left off. He he's he learned everything from the offensive side and the defensive side. And look, Georgia fans shouldn't be mad at that. Like, this is your dude. He played there. He's from there. He's bringing – look, I know that they lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game. But going into next year, it doesn't matter anymore. Because, Joe, the truth is, you're not. it, it doesn't matter who was going to lose in the SEC championship game next year. Because if it's Georgia and Bama again, and jo God forbid Georgia loses – they're going to be back in the national title picture. They would be one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to win it all again. Getting Carson Beck back. And you know what else it does, Joe? Some of these dudes, so you had Mims, the right tackle that went down. They got some guys in this class that if you need to put in, Joe, they got not just depth. It's one thing to have bodies in depth. It's a completely another thing to have NFL-level depth behind them. That is what always changes with these premier programs. And look, even Ohio State does it. There's a reason yep. why they constantly win. Michigan's doing it right now. We saw, and look, I know you're going to hate this take, but Brian Kelly did that, okay, at Notre Dame, right? Yeah. Why was he constantly getting to the playoff? There is no team in America over the last 20 years that had more first-round dudes at left tackle being selected than Notre Dame. It just did but he built that from the ground up, from the ball out. So I'm going to say Georgia, obviously. I know it's a chalky take, but I just <laughs> – what else do you – what else can you say, Joe, other than they're right. just dominating? Uh, to round this thought out, what you just said about having elite guys that – again, they brought in six offensive linemen. If three of those guys turn into starters, they all have the traits to be high-level starters and not just starting players – you're talking about here how they're all so good that their NFL caliber, they're capable of developing into to all SEC offensive linemen. That's why I'm impressed by this and not by the, the stuff that, that a team like Colorado does because they're just getting bodies. There's a difference between just getting dudes in the room and seeing who starts and maybe it fixes your problem. They don't have a problem because they've recruited and developed already, so they don't need to rush them out there. And then when they do play, they can develop and become really good offensive linemen. The last final piece, I just want to reiterate my thoughts on Ryan Puglisi. I think that it is, mm. is huge that they were able to have somebody who was already committed, who wanted to be a part of this program so bad that he was committed from the jump. He didn't flip from somewhere, somewhere else. They didn't have to worry about him flipping to go anywhere after that. I think in the future, in a couple of years, we're going to be talking about Ryan Puglisi as – uh, a really underrated player in college football, and maybe in the same light that we're talking about Carson Beck right now as an eventual NFL draft prospect. I agree 1,000% with that. They just dominated the day, yep. so we'll give it to that. All right, we both had Georgia as one of our winners. Who is your other winner, Joe? Uh, I really liked what Ohio State did, uh, assuming that Jeremiah Smith ends up going there and he doesn't go to Auburn or – Miami, he's from that region. Um, very talented receiver to get Jeremiah Smith, like capable of of stepping on the field early and end up end up being a uh, a big impactor as a freshman or a redshirt freshman whenever he starts playing. But they did really well. They cleaned up at receiver once again. 
They cleaned up along the defensive line. And then I really like the fact that they were able to grab a guy in Aaron Nolan in a year where the quarterbacks, after you get past that top four, is a bit of a who's who. Aaron Nolan's going to be a really good player for them in a couple of years. It feels like right now their future at quarterback is a little bit murky. But Aaron Nolan, to me, clears up that vision and what this team could be in a couple of years. Just want to throw this in here. But Mr. Williams said, sends a $999 super set. says, Rafino dropping them gems, cuh. <laughs> well, thank you for the super chat. Thank you for the super chat. And I appreciate that. I really, really do. Uh, and I always do. Don't, <laughs> Ron, don't let them, uh, don't let them fool you. I'm always dropping gems. Uh, Joe, I agree with you. Now, we let's had see another, we had another super chat or two that was, yeah, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Okay. To get, I'm going to get gonna to that one later. Because it's the hardball thing. Uh, I, I agree with Ohio State. They do exactly what they do every year. Another top five class. Let's see what happens with Jeremiah Smith. All right. I'm going to go to uh, – because we got to get to these losers here too. Yeah. I'm going to go to their counterpart that's now in the Big Ten that I think was a, a massive day winner. You know who that is? Oregon. The Oregon Ducks. Dude, we just got done talking about Kirby. Well, Kirby – Kirby's uh, 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 apprentice, if you will, Dan Lanning, Joe, they're cleaning up on the defense. They went inside the state of California and cleaned everything out that they wanted. They went in the top 10 and like, hey, we want this guy. We're going to get him. They get uh, Aiden Bre uh, Breland, the defensive lineman. They get Elijah rushing. They get Brayden, uh, Brayden Platt. They flip a four-star wide receiver from USC today and Jeremiah McClellan. Dude, I, I, I just, uh, again, I, I do this to myself. I always say I don't think Oregon can get over the hump and win and win like the conference that they're in. And then they do shit like this where they just continuously clean everybody's clock, okay, in the, in the conference that they're in. And look, they are recruiting at a high level. And they are hitting on all strides. And I just really like what Dan Lanning is doing. You know what it mirrored? You know what we're about to find out? Can an SEC-built team, an SEC-liked built team, compete in the Big Ten? Because that's exactly what Oregon is. Oregon is Georgia West. Okay, now they don't have the five stars and the, the top-name dudes that are at Oregon, but they're built almost the same. Now, Joe, go look down. Okay, if you look, like if you did Georgia and Oregon, and you say, okay, well, yeah. here's the five guys, and then, Okay, well, here's some skilled players in the middle, some wide receivers. It's Georgia and, and Oregon. They're almost built identical in reference to the dudes that they're bringing in and how the quantity, maybe not quality, but the quantity of dudes that they're bringing in. He's taking the playbook. Hey, Nick taught Kirby. Kirby teaches Lanning. Lanning's running his own show here too. I, I mean, I'm also going to just – not so much push back, but just throw in here. I, I think that the quality is absolutely there too with the quantity. That there are so many similarities to to the feel of a Georgia class where defensive linemen, edge rushers were the priority, defensive backs. They, they killed it in every position group that matters for getting those top players, especially anybody that's west of the Mississippi. They're going after everybody. That you have that ability to be the true entity on the West because Lincoln Riley's too busy dicking around. Uh, to be able to put together a class like this. And we're going to talk about Lincoln in a little bit, but they are 
producing an SEC caliber roster. And I'm really curious to see, as you're saying, how that competes in the Big Ten, because this mm-hmm. is unlike anything that we see in the Big Ten on a yearly basis. A lot of those teams are built differently. I'm going to throw this out there for Oregon. I would go as far as to say, is there a better coach at flipping with signing no. day coming up? Than in, uh, Dan Lanning's no. the best at it, without a doubt. Well, and look, he flipped Bowen. I mean, he didn't hold on to him, but he did flip him. Yeah. Okay, last year. But look, the Jeremiah McClellan thing, in my opinion, is a big thing. The the kid out of St. Louis, Missouri. But look, man, I mean, they got a linebacker in Platt who's 6'2", 240. Elijah Rushing, who's a five-star pass rusher from Tucson, Arizona. And they got Aiden Breland, the, one of the best, if not some may argue, the best interior dude in the entire recruiting class, 6'5", 290. But, Joe, it's not just there, too, because they got the McRoy kid, the mm-hmm. offensive tackle from Alabama. They go inside the state of Alabama, and they get him. But, again, look at how many dudes they're getting. they got two corners from California, uh, another wide receiver that they flipped from USC and Long Beach. Uh, from Long Beach, it's just uh, – Joe, he's trying to build it identically the way that Kirby would do it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there's there's no doubt that he knows how to put this team together, and we're starting to see that. He did it last year was the groundwork, and he's going to continue to pull those kids from California. The last quick winner I want to throw in there, though, uh, I want to give credit to Hugh, Hugh Freeze and what he did. He yeah. was – I jokingly tweeted this out. If you wanted to flip a kid, you called up a Florida commit and see if he was willing to come to you. <laughs> and uh, he did that. He ends up pulling one of the Florida commits. But I, I just like that the, the structure and the top players that they get – are the top receivers that they ended up pulling with Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson. Uh, I think that there is also a similarity. The the best classes to me are the ones that get big bodies and good bodies along the defensive line. Marius Williams uh, is one of the top edge rushers that they pulled. And then I think that Walker White, to me, is a name that is very underrated amongst this quarterback class. To add him into the mix, uh, that they might have their, their future figured out down the line to me that that was the biggest issue that they needed to address is figuring out some sort of a foundation at quarterback because we're talking about like what the heck are they going to do after Peyton Thorne can they even get a guy in the portal right now at one of these top guys so to bring in Walker White I think is is really huge for for Hugh Freeze um you know why I didn't put them in my in my winners of the day? Even though they got some top-level talent. They got some dudes that can rush the passer. They got dudes out wide that are just outright freaks at receiver. I like the white kid, too, at quarterback from Arkansas. Man, they got two offensive linemen, right? Like, you're, you can't – you cannot in this league, Joe. I've seen so many coaches do this, man. I, 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 I saw Ed Orgeron. You want to know what Ed Orgeron's fall down was after the 2019 national title? What he did not recruit the lines of scrimmage well enough. He would That's get the, he would get the outright um, best dudes at receiver. I mean, look at him. Look at Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors was a three star the entire process. Was committed to Mississippi State, but what he wouldn't do is hit along the lines of scrimmage. Joe, they're going to play Alabama and Georgia every year. And, and look, we hadn't even talked about Alabama today, which, <laughs> dude, all right, but. Joe, they got two two linemen that signed. I, I don't like that. That's the reason I didn't put them in there. All right, it's fair. I uh, want to talk about our losers. I, I, I'm pretty sure. Let's can you, let's go to USC because we both have USC. Can we do them quickly and then get to Florida? I'm sure that we'll talk about that one for a little bit longer. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll I'll take the lead here on USC. Okay, uh, they finished twentieth. 
zero five stars. They don't get a top quality quarterback when they have a kid in their backyard in Julian Sayan who decided to go to Alabama. Sounds kind of familiar with Bryce Young, right? Right. Um, the top five kids in the state of California pick Texas, Oregon, Alabama, and Notre Dame. Lincoln Riley got his ass kicked. And last cycle, I said this, and USC fans got so freaking upset when I said it that the class was underwhelmed. We, and we were doing the show by then. I remember this vividly. It's a goddamn joke. And they all, all these USC fans on Twitter, when you say this, jump in and say, oh, we're a portal team. What kids have you brought in in the portal? And half of them, all the kids that you recruited last cycle, the top players that were supposed to stick around and be bright spots for the future, just entered the portal. Mm -hmm. This is a problem at USC. Yeah, it's a Admi problem. Admit that there is a problem. They are not going to be as competitive as you think that they're going to be heading into the Big Ten. This is an eight-win caliber roster. They're incredibly overrated. Well, USC fans got mad at me when we talked about them on Monday, saying that we don't know, we didn't do our research, we didn't know what we were talking about, even though we literally showed they, them. They, wait, wait, they all say this that same fucking line. You don't, you didn't do your research. You don't know what you're talking about. But you didn't do your research either. You read a couple of articles, and you're like, oh, these rankings don't matter. These rankings aren't a big. Oh, do, you think that the coaches in college use use the two four seven rankings? Of course, fucking not. But it still is a pretty good indicator of what players are good or not. Jesus Christ! Well, first so, off, you you do know coaches do use the rankings to see where players are out. Like, I mean, they read the message boards too. The right. <laughs> I mean. We were in a text thread where I showed you an SEC coach literally like I'm not talking about like a coach that nobody would know. I'm talking about like everybody would know. And he literally texted me. I'm pretty sure showed you that yeah. he's like, yeah, I have like two burner accounts on 247. I have a burner account on on three, you know, and I'm like, wait, what? You know, and it's so, yeah, let me just say this. You cannot be the head coach at USC and let this happen. At UCLA, all right. Uh, you don't get a lot of the top 10 guys, okay. You need to get one of them, maybe two. If you don't, uh, all right, okay. Oregon, Alabama, okay, Texas and Notre Dame went in and plucked top 10 dudes out of the state of California, mostly Oregon, okay? Then you got Alabama again going in there and taking the best quarterback from the state. He did it in Bryce Young. He's doing it with Julian saying it's a problem. Like, it, it, Joe, they're not recruiting well enough along the offense and defensive line. Sure, he's bringing in good skill players. Okay, sounds cute. But you know, if you build a cake, okay, like if you bake a cake, all right, you got to build the foundation before you put on the icing. Receivers, elite receivers, they're really good icing to the cake that you build. You got to build from the ball out, and they are not doing that. They are not nope. building from the ball out. It is these flashy play, you know, skill guys. If Lincoln does not pick it up and start recruiting better along the offense and defensive lines, he's going to get his ass whooped. Because here's the truth. Now, Joe, we'll talk about this in our picks in just a minute, okay? We have two teams that 
I'm just going to round up for Texas. So it just, they're 96, so it doesn't matter. You have two teams that are in triple digits almost in passing yards allowed on the season. Your secondary can be ass and you make the playoff, especially with it expanding to 12 teams. What you cannot be ass in, and you cannot, you have to have a front seven and lines of scrimmage to win. By the way, you're going into the Big Ten now, all right? Those teams are recruiting at a high level on the lines of scrimmage and will kick your ass. And I'm going to tell you something else. You're going to say I'm wrong. It's okay. Are you at that? If uh, Stay with me. Iowa actually does that to some extent, right? Meaning that they recruit and develop at a pretty high level considering the dudes that they're bringing in and recruiting. Are you a thousand percent sure after what you saw Iowa do to Michigan defensive or what they did in the Big Ten title game? Are you sure that like an Iowa can't give a USC a game? Like we're going to have to have a debate next year if those two teams play, if it even happens. Hey, brother, are you a thousand percent sure that Iowa is going to lose that football game? I mean, if Will Howard's the quarterback, I'm not really afraid of USC beating Iowa. No, I. And that's how crazy this is. He's underperforming at the highest level. Him and Billy Napier are underperforming to where they're at. Now, we're going to talk about Billy in just a minute, but it's not good enough, Joe. So I kind of want to – let's get to Billy. I think Billy's issues are different because Lincoln feels like he didn't even try. sandwiched in between (laughs) – Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. That's what's this problem. Yes. It's hard. It's going to be hard for, for Billy to recruit. It's just crazy. It's really crazy that, that Lincoln can't succeed being on. He's literally regionally in terms of where recruiting is. He's on an Island and he's got kids that are, are very talented that are, are in his area that should not be leaving to go to Oregon. But to talk about Billy, Billy's problem is that he can't get these kids to stay. He's got all these kids to, to, to commit. I'm not even really coming in here like getting mad at Florida or getting mad at Billy Napier. Just the, the guy cannot catch a break. It's great that DJ Lagway stuck around, and it sounds like LJ McCray is is good. It sounds like his paperwork yeah, came Steve in. Long reported that something about him putting pen to paper sooner rather than later. A lot of guys have dropped – as you've mentioned earlier, it's a concern. It is a real massive, massive concern to go all the way from three to 15 and for all these kids to flip. Because that means, to an extent, that some of these kids aren't buying your bullshit. And obviously, kids are getting pulled away and offered more money, but it's not like Florida isn't coming to the table with money and they're not making similar offers. This has nothing to do with money and everything to do with Billy Napier getting his ass whipped on the field. I, I mean, yeah. look, man, there's a reason those kids committed. There's a reason a month ago that Florida had the top three uh, top three recruiting class in the country. Joe, they just didn't win. And in, it, there comes a point, all right, if you're not getting results on the field, they're gonna teams are going to negatively recruit against you. Do you – Mike Elko went into the state of Florida today and got some dudes. He ain't got no business going in there 
Huh. Year one, he's not even in year one yet, really. I mean, he's ju- he he's been there for two weeks. He ain't even been able to go to the dollar store and buy a packet a pack of underoos. All right, and he's flipping dudes. All right, you know why? Because they still have a better chance of winning than Florida does right now under Napier. Now, Joe, what's can you say this last name for me? You know how bad I am with last names. The five star kid Xavier, um, Philosami. Wait, Phils- where's where's he committed to? He flipped maybe to Texas. Uh, wait, I want to see if I can get it right. Uh, Xavier, Phil same. I'm not. I, I okay. I'm. May I apologize for mispronouncing mispronouncing that. All the reason I'm saying that is this. Okay, he flipped. These are the guys that over the last month were committed to Florida and have gone somewhere else. This is actually our buddy SEC Mike did this, and so I'm just stealing it from him. Uh, the five-star kid, DB Xavier, the defensive lineman, four-star uh, Amarius Williams, four-star linebacker Adarvius Hayes, defensive lineman uh, Nazir Johnson, Jamonte uh, Waller, Wardell Mack flipped from there to, to Texas, Kendall Jackson, the defensive lineman, Isaiah Williams flipped to Texas A&M. Joe, you got eight dudes that have decommitted and or flipped. So, like, that can't happen. Now, you got DJ Lagway, but I'm going to tell you something. He's not going to start next year over Mer- or over Graham Mertz. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the likelihood, the likelihood is that the kid might – this means nothing for him. There's a strong chance he's going to hit the portal. Yeah, and I, I know that – Wait for another coach, Lane Kiffin. He's going to have to wait for another coach, Lane Kiffin, for him to get there. Now, Lane just signed a contract extension, so we'll see. But yeah, Billy's not going to survive this, Joe. It's, it's, oh, I, I think it's over. I know it's, uh, it's a little cliche to, to say that a kid is going to, oh, this, are we sure this kid's even going to stay? He's going to hit the portal. But I, 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 this is one of the few instances I agree with you. I, I hate I, that too, Joe. How many times should yeah. we come here and say how much we hate that take? But are you going to yeah. sit here and try? But I agree with you. Convince me that that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And uh, I, I think the fact that there was so much doubt casted throughout the day, wherever there's smoke, there's fire, that he was maybe going to flip to Texas A&M or maybe USC. With all that happening, I, I'm sure that there's a possibility that that does that consideration does happen. Look, if if Napier gets fired, if he gets fired, I don't think that he wouldn't leave. But the biggest thing here, and I think that as you're talking about the the lack of performance on the field, you do have to finish the season strong for these kids to feel good about their futures. The, at the end of the day, they don't want to go somewhere where their coach gets fired and then they have to. I bet they got negatively recruited. I I, I really do, and I know that it's considered to be a uh, an unethical thing to do in the industry, but you think the teams weren't saying, like, you really want to go there and then transfer to us in a year? Oh, d- dude, they say that to save face to people out in public. Yeah. Everybody negative recruits. Everybody's talking about how Billy's team was asked this year. Yes. yeah. I, and here's the truth. Let's just say, by argument's sake, that Billy makes it through half of the season. I don't know how, but let's just say he does. Okay, because they, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have their schedule in front of me. They kick off the season with Miami. There's a chance that they start 0-1. Joe, the last five weeks next year are probably the most brutal stretch in the country. It's not even close. It's not even remotely close. So even if he does what he did this year, he goes in there, 
five and one, four and two, whatever, however he does it. Okay. And I'm not saying he is, but God forbid he does. He's not going to win the last five games of, his, of on this schedule. No. The only way that happens is if Graham Mertz goes just absolutely bananas. And he's not going to go bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. You're absolutely right. I, I don't see a world that he sticks around. And we're going to talk about it the whole offseason. The whole offseason about how he's probably going to get let go. That's why a lot of these kids chose not to commit. Just got a text from my buddy that's watching the show who covers the Florida Gators. He Uh-oh. said, stop talking about my team like that. Stop. He said, and then he put it, he put under there, even if it's the truth, leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. I uh, know. All right. So, Joe, let's do this. You want to talk about our playoff picks? Yep, let's do it. All right, Michael Morris, we will get to this because, we, Joe, we have two comments in here about um, Harbaugh. Uh, Michael Morris and Cody McGee. We're going to get to your super chats, but we're just going to wait yeah, for that. Uh, and thank you. We're going to wait for that until we get to that segment. Let's do our college picks next. Let's talk about our friends over at Home Field, home field Apparel first. Don't go anywhere. We're back next. Rafino and Joe Show is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan, whatever it is, even Idaho. They have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. My favorite topic of the night is finally here, Joseph. Of course. You know what it is? Your it's playoff picks. time. Yeah, we're going to pick who's going to win our two, our two games in the playoffs. Let's do this. Let's start off with Michigan and Alabama in the playoff. Joe, we did our preview. Actually went viral. I call it viral. I guess 30,000 views. Actually, more than that. But regardless, uh, we had a lot of people debating with us on our thoughts and preview of the Rose Bowl, Michigan versus Alabama. Good, sir. I will give you the floor first. What are your thoughts on and what is your pick on who is going to win this game? For Michigan versus Alabama, I, I think that this one is going to be the most highly contested of the of the battle. And I, I think that – or of the weekend, rather. I think that this game is so evenly matched. I see so many people saying that Alabama is going to blow out Michigan. But with similarities in their play style, being so physical up front, uh, having really good defensive lines, having strong offensive line performances at the final stretch of the season – it's very, very close. Mm. But I think that the fact that Jalen Milrow is hot and J.J. McCarthy is cold right now, and the fact that this Alabama offensive line is hot and we just lost Zach Zinter for Michigan, that I have to go with Alabama. As much as it pains me, I have to go with Alabama. I think that they win this game by a singular score. I think it's going to be really low scoring. 
I don't believe that Jalen Milrow plays a perfectly clean game. I think that there's going to be mistakes on both sides. And whoever plays the cleaner between Milrow and J.J. McCarthy will win. And in my eyes, that will be the Crimson Tide. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like when you come out here and say, man, it all comes down to the quarterback, it's like, well, no, duh. You know, like the people listening to that, it's like, well, no, duh. But here's – I'm not completely off from where you are. I don't think that they're going to – I know I was kind of joking earlier when we did the preview and said that they were going to blow them out. But I do think that there is a path for that to happen for Alabama. Again, I'm old enough to – look, man, I've lived this for the last almost decade and a half of my life having to be on the other side of the Nick Saban era, literally on the other side of this Nick Saban era as a fan as a dude that covers college football for a team in this sport. Joe, I just don't and I, I I just don't think that Michigan has seen a team like this. I don't think that they've seen a team necessarily with and and you could say Ohio State and I would agree, but oh, I think Alabama is more physical with having elite speed all around. Just green glass, green grass dudes. And as I can't believe I have to just continue to tell people this. Who and I saw a lot of Michigan people in the chat in our comment section. They were routed. They were mad at us for picking Alabama. There's one key thing that they forgot about. Saban is still on the sideline. He has still had a month to prepare for this team. And I feel like when you go a little old school, Joe, and you want to mm-hmm. run the football the way that they do, go under center. It bodes exactly to what Alabama wants to do or they love it they don't want you spreading them out i saw a guy in less miles year after year now i'm not saying harbaugh and his offense is less miles don't get twisted what i'm saying what i am saying is the same style of play is what saban thrives in he doesn't want you okay to Tick, tick, tick. He wants you to tick, 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 tick down the clock so that he can have his time to rest, rotate guys in and out. You're playing into his hand. I would not be shocked if we saw a little curveball here and there from Harbaugh, run a little tempo, get some things going. I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think Alabama is too loaded on both lines of scrimmage, and I know Michigan is, but Michigan has not seen, and I'm telling you, They have not seen these dudes on the edge like this. You can say whatever you want about Ohio State. I get what you're saying. I understand the argument. Dallas Turner does not bow well for these tackles at Michigan. They are going to play bump and run, man-to-man coverage on the outside, Joe, and they're going to put dudes in the box, and they're going to say beat us. I just don't think it's a good matchup for Michigan whatsoever because they have not been tested. One final thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that there have been a lot of ups and a lot of downs for this Alabama team along the year. Every single week, it seemed like it's what Alabama will you get today? Joe, the last six weeks, they have been on one. And they've and, and you can say, well, Blake, what about Auburn? Okay, what about a road game? Have you ever, if you ever watched the Iron Bowl a day in your life, that game's always going to be tr- somewhat close and within three points. Joe, they're battle tested. The only real thing that I think Michigan's truly battle-tested in is the game against Ohio State. They weren't ever going to lose yep. to Penn State. Penn State can't score. Jalen Milrow is the best athlete, and I'm going to make a very wild statement. I think he's the best quarterback that they've seen this year. I Yeah? 
So now, yeah. take- what about that dumpy kid at Iowa? You think that that dumpy kid at Iowa is better? That's than- the diet version <laughs> of Ben Roethlisberger. I'm obviously joking. I'm obviously I'm taking Alabama. Close, close six. I was I was at ten plus. I'm not going there anymore. I've watched a lot of Michigan the last two weeks. Give me Alabama, but I do think it's a, a touchdown, no extra point uh, differential. It hurts me that I have to agree with you on this. But to round out my point, I'm very fearful of the fact that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan do not step into these types of environments well. Well, I don't have oh, any. I don't have any examples of them succeeding in these situations. My main example, last year against TCU with basically the same roster and a big talent gap, big, big talent gap. They didn't get their asses kicked, but they got beaten a lot worse than they should have. If they were going to lose, it should have been by a score in the final seconds. But so many mistakes happened by the hands of J.J. McCarthy. So for that reasoning, I without a doubt cannot go with Michigan. I think there's just too much, too much skepticism. Is that Ben? All right, hold on. He he he's got to tell us something. First off, look at his Santa Claus pajamas. Say oh hey to Mister Joe. Hey Mister Joe. Hi Ben. All right, what did you you open the present? What did you get? Um, I, a Santa book. A Santa book. Uh, we're still on. So, okay, a Santa a reindeer <laughs> book. All right. Well, we got everybody coming in here. How to catch a reindeer? Awesome guys. All right. <laughs> Thanks Ben. All right. Hold on, Joe. We're getting hijacked by another one. Oh no. All right. Hold on. This is baby Rafino number two. Hi. One of these days, there's going to be like four kids that we're going to have to bring oh. on the screen for you. Yeah. <laughs> this is four kids. Uh, yeah, no kids. This is it. Uh, He's done. All right. All right, the other game. What do we got? Uh, I'm completely at a loss of words. I have no idea. What were we talking about? Oh, the second I, game. Okay, I pick Alabama. Oh, second game. All right, Washington and Texas, the Sugar Bowl. Joe, I had a lot of Washington fans who they have crapped on me all year. Okay, they said I hate Washington. And then they got mad at you because you said you thought Seattle sucked. Um, They were a big fan of yours, and then you absolutely screwed the pooch. Um, Listen to me. Listen to me. I disagree with you on one thing. You said you thought that Michigan and Alabama was going to be a a closer match game. I'm going to go the opposite with you. I think that, Joe, this is such a bad matchup for Texas. Texas fans said, well, the passing yard efficiency, okay, they've been really good in a really strong defensive backcourt. No, you're not. I'm watching your film. Joe, they're 96 in the country in passing yards allowed. You legitimately have Odunze, Polk, and McMillan that have the – who are you going to cover? Who are you going to try to take away? Please, God, try to take away Odunze because now that McMillan's back – you cannot leave him on an island. You know who did that? Oregon. Oregon, 1,000%, tried to take Adunze away, and McMillan went stupid, went Coco for Cocoa Puffs. Try to bracket cover the both of them, and then here comes Polk. 60 catches, 1,000 yards. But I just think Texas is too physical on both lines of scrimmage. I think they kind of play a little bit of keep away and are able to score. Joe, I got to take Texas close three. 
I'm taking. Oh, it. you are going with. Oh, you stink. I'm going. I, I, but the only reason, the only reason, Joe Texas is second in the country on third down defense. They're third in the country in rush down and rush defense. Blake, I can't not go with Washington, and I'm disappointed with you. You had the opportunity to pick Washington, and I'm so disappointed in you. Texas has not seen a receiving core like this, and they've gotten pretty beat up by some of these teams that they've faced. I saw a point that was brought up this week that the passing numbers that they've allowed have been a little bit inflated when you consider that a lot of teams are playing catch-up and are throwing the ball often with the amount of you know yards that, that, um, that they've given up. But I don't think that that's applicable in this situation at all. I really don't think their safeties or their corners are good enough to keep up with those receivers. I have an example of Washington playing a very similar style team in Oregon and beating them twice. Twice. The only way, only way, if Washington loses this game is if their offensive line completely shits the bed and Penix gets sacked like five-plus times. The way that their offense has been able to methodically pick apart secondaries and move the ball down the field and score quickly and force opposing teams to chase them, it, it does not, in my opinion, bode well for Quinn Ewers. Because Bo Quinn Ewers, of all people, is a quarterback that will press, and when he presses, he makes mistakes. And that is going to happen in this football game. Just like Bo Nix did, Quinn Ewers will do the same. Give me Washington by seven plus. Oh! But we're going to, at the end of that game, we're going to be like, why was this game so lopsided? I don't know how anyone could pick Texas. I'm really shocked and disappointed in you. Huh. You, you, were, you were convincing me. You were, you were convincing me. Look, I, Washington fans, I've been picking against you all year. You begged me in our preview to pick against you. So that you would win. So you're probably happy that I picked against right the Huskies uh, here, Joe. I, I don't know, man, because, look, I think Dylan Johnson has done really well, okay, the running back. I, thought, I think he's run the ball really well. They've been really picking it up in the running game the last couple of weeks. I don't think that it matters because – I. So that D line for te for Texas is not a joke. Like this is the best this is the best defense this is the best front seven that they've seen. And it it like I I don't but I don't think it's like drastically so much better than what I they think saw it's against drastically Oregon. better in one area. You know what it is? What pass rush? They have not seen a pass rush like this, dude. It is it it, it literally is the best thing that Texas does because Joe they they are very well schemed. They will play amoeba on the line of scrimmage. They'll back dudes out. They'll play coverage. They'll send an extra dude from the opposite side that they were showing the blitz in. They run a lot of really, really, really good stuff. They're well coached. They're very well coached. Okay, that front seven's lethal, Joe. If they if they seen somebody like the Hill kid that can rush the passer, I, I don't think that they still have. He's still a freshman. I, I don't give two Rudy Poos what he was. If that kid was in junior high and he was in eighth grade, I would say it doesn't matter. If he looks like that and can play like uh, that, I don't give a shit what he is. Because you know what, Joe? I'm only asking him to do one thing. You know what it is? What? Rush a passer. I'm not asking him to be a three-down dude. I'm not asking him to be Von Miller. I'm asking him to get after the quarterback 
And Joe, you know who else? Okay. Look, maybe we were wrong on Bama's offense. Maybe we were wrong along their offensive line. Joe, he's doing this to dudes that were four or five stars. I would understand. I would understand if Washington had a, a, had a weak offensive line, but they don't. Do you have a show after this, by the way? Right after this? I do. Okay, should we get Cody's question really quick before we get off of here? Because he paid a super chat. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, but I don't disagree, but we made our picks. So clip, yes. it, there. clip it there. Or in the clip there. Cody McGee says a $19.99 super chat. Thank you so much, Cody. Says heard rumors Jim is leaving Michigan for uh, the Chargers or Bears. Also read rumors that Kirby Smart might go to Atlanta on Arthur Smith. And is Florida State leaving the ACC for the Big Ten? Uh, the last one, I don't think so. Not right now. They owe too much money. What do you think about him? Uh, what do you think about Harbaugh going potentially to the NFL? I think that is the NCAA is going to come creeping even further uh, on his back, that he's going to be even more incentivized. Look, if he gets offered a contract with roster control, I don't see why he doesn't take it and go after that opportunity. If he wins a national championship, I think he's for sure out. I think that it's not going to be worth his his time to stick around. The Kirby Smart rumors, though, that's one that I keep seeing. Um, I I don't think that that's going to happen. That if ain't they, happening. <laughs> like maybe he uses that as leverage for a future contract extension, but I don't I don't think he's leaving. I don't think that he's leaving either. Kurt, Kirby would not have tried to flip the kid from Buford to safety as hard as he did if he was going right. to Atlanta. Right. And I think more, the more telling thing is Lincoln putting in a half-assed effort. That's more telling of him leaving than it is Kirby. Yeah, like polar opposites. Um, I agree with you on Harbaugh. Okay, um, Joe. I don't think it matters what happens. I, I think if the right team, the right system, come, like if the Bears want it, because the Bears can give him full roster control. So that can the Chargers because they fired their GM too. I I, I just it, it looks too bad, man. It, it looks so bad for him uh, not to want to leave. So, all yeah. right, good show, brother. Great show. Y'all all have a very happy holiday. We'll see y'all uh, maybe next week. Next week, maybe from a yeah. week from now because of Christmas and all that stuff. Until then, y'all have a good night. Peace. <laughs>